David it's been a little while you know it's been a little while when your wife approaches you and says where's the next podcast <laughs> hadn't you better record something well that's good I mean at, at least we, we still haven't said anything yet that's got you banned from talking to me <laughs> that's true that seems to happen to most of my other friends to be quite honest <laughs> well they're not allowed to talk to you yeah their wives stay stage interventions <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've managed to see our way through that. Hey, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to um to point out it's a it's a really lovely. I think about twenty two, twenty three degrees in Brisbane today. A bit overcast, drizzly, mm. those sorts of things. It's thirty eight in Hobart and forty one in Adelaide. It's hot here too. It's not quite at, at those extremes, but oh, we're sucks supposed to be you. We're supposed to be copping a bit of that in the week to come. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Someone said to me the other day, "Oh, autumn's here." I'm just like, "Yeah, good, thanks." <laughs> I suspect that autumn is going to be like this year, like it was last year, and just go for like a week. Mm, it may do. Hey, Stephen. Hello, David. I was so excited last time we spoke mm. about your your excellent parkrun results, and I and I did note today that you you've set another a new PB. So yes. congratulations on that. But sure. I was so excited about that, I completely forgot to congratulate you on beating me in our fantasy football. <laughs> that was like a hundred years ago. I Dave. know, wasn't it? Well, we were going to talk about it when when we didn't talk, and then we forgot about it to, when we did talk. And I thought I should just say, "Well done, you, Thank you for beating me in the final of something that's very important to me." That's fine, Steve. That's that's completely okay. <laughs> I can hear that it's okay, and I don't want to diminish that or make you feel worse when I say <laughs> oh, that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> You know what makes it worse? Mm-hmm. I, I actually drafted that team that you were playing. Like, I, I realised that you know that there was some management that went on and some sure. changes, but the, the core of that team, because your your co-owner, I mean, the reason you were bought in, as you mm-hmm. you know, as other people might not know, was because your co-owner was so slack they weren't paying attention, and and you graciously uh, joined the competition and and took to it with gusto. Um, to the point where you beat me with the team that I drafted. <laughs> I, I did make a couple of very <laughs> slight changes, but they weren't huge. Um, and as much as anything, it was me getting to understand the interface um, that I knew how to, you know, swap people and get new people in and all of that sort of stuff. And it paid off. And look, to be honest with you, when it all comes down to it, um, the, the real thrill of playing fantasy football isn't whether you win or lose, it's whether mm. you beat Andrew Teed. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think almost everyone did. <laughs> um, I'd like to take this this opportunity, actually, Dave, while we're talking about to announce my retirement. Um, undefeated. <laughs> you can't really call it subtweeting when you call someone out on a podcast when you know that they're going to hear it in a couple of weeks' time. Is it, <laughs> is it sub-potting? <laughs> yeah, we love you, Andrew. <laughs> Gee, it's fun to see you react, though. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Don't fall off your bike, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> the most disappointing thing about the entire uh, process, honestly, mm-hmm. was to see a photo posted um, a couple of weeks or a week after the season with you in Sydney with a whole bunch of you know the people involved in the league enjoying mm. a fine beverage and, and basically oh, the well, accusation that I hang wasn't on. there to collect my trophy... <laughs> 
And I didn't know about it. Hang on. To be fair, one, it wasn't a fine beer. We were drinking Budweiser. Okay. Well, (laughs) we all have to make sacrifices. And two, although we did not actually bring the winner's trophy to Mm -hmm. Sydney, I did manage to take... Uh, the loser's trophy in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and present oh, great. that. So That's that, so great. So that was good. <laughs> what a joyous day it would have been. It was. It was good fun. It was, it was a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, mm. It certainly wasn't the highest-scoring Super Bowl ever. Uh, that's for sure. But it no. was, um, you know... They really was... ran away with it in the end, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like... It just it'd be the last what sort of ten minutes? Oh, just, whole, it was one yeah, way traffic. Thirteen to three is just a massive score. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, but it was good fun. It, it was very very fun catching up with people and and for a change. To, mm. See, uh, because you know country kids, almost whenever we go to a city, and it doesn't matter whether it's you know Sydney or Melbourne or wherever, mm. you, you generally just end up in the CBD. Sure. Like, and because. You know, that's just that. That always seems the practical thing to do. Uh, and it's so, not, is it though? <laughs> no, it's not. It's dumb. <laughs> so, so this time we actually like smartened up, and we actually stayed out uh, near the beach mm. uh, at at Coogee. and so that was lovely. A really nice, beautiful. Change. Yes, especially after you know weeks and weeks of forty degree days in Albury, it was uh, bliss. So oh. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was, was good fun. But, yeah, but, but congratulations, Stephen. Your name will go on the trophy. Look, I worked very hard for it. I look forward mm. to seeing a photo of it. <laughs> look, I'll, I, I did... Pro- it'll, it'll actually give me some motivation because I still haven't put last year's plaque on there. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do that and yours at the same time. Well, that'll, that'll make it worthwhile, won't it? Yeah, it will. Ex- well, exactly. You know. Oh, boy. Been busy. Yeah. What's, Have you been busy? Yeah. Well, not as busy as you. I've barely, like, all I've seen you do is dressing up, pretending to be an adult and um, being places and, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. Oh, and what? lots of photos with your wife having breakfast uh, in cool places in Albury. Well, it, well, yes. Well, that's the only way I get likes on Instagram is if I take photos of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me tell you, uh, landscape shots, selfies, nah, forget it. <laughs> oh, the one with you dressed up cosplaying as an adult wasn't bad. Oh, no, no, no. And, and you know, but... but, but to be honest with you, Mark, you're like if, if, when you know how you like the, they do the, the top nine thing at the end of each year. Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you, like eight out of nine are, are, are photos of Roach. Right. Yeah. And look, and that's <laughs> and I understandably, no with that. understandably. But um, no, no, the, the, the cosplay adult this week was was good fun. I was. Uh, what were you doing? I was emceeing uh, an event um, for the Albury Project, which is something that. Uh, we are the lead agency for at Yes Unlimited, which is yes. the place I've spoken to you about before who run homelessness services. Mm-hmm. So what we are doing is basically looking to emulate something called the Geelong Project, which I'm going to, you know, you can figure out where that one was started. Um, but <coughs> essentially, essentially what it is, is it's an early intervention program based around integrating uh, support systems in high schools and homelessness services. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and laying over the top of that um, a screening tool which they use each year to survey all the kids. Yes. Uh, and along with, obviously, reporting from the schools and all the other stuff. But basically to get like an integrated um, approach to helping these kids and these families. Because, mm. Steve... This might shock you, but 
there's a cohort of people uh, who end up having trouble at school and becoming early school leavers. Sure. And there's a cohort of young people who become homeless. And would you believe, Steve, they're almost exactly the same group of people in both of those different no. cohorts. Would you knock me down with a feather. You wouldn't read about it, would you? Amazing. Um, but, of course, uh, homelessness services, well, in New South Wales, are run by uh, the Department of Family and uh, Community Services. And, of course, the schools are run by the Department of Education. Uh, and so, can you imagine exactly how many integrated programs there are between those two very different departments oh. to, to work together on this program? No. No. <laughs> Because it's two different problems, Steve. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the whole idea of this is basically to um, get in earlier and and get in around the departments, in a sense, yep. to actually just you know help the young people and help their families. And in Geelong, it's been it's been uh, incredibly successful. Like they've reduced youth homelessness in Geelong Amazing. by about forty percent. Oh, wow! Which is just mind blowing. Uh, and of course. You know, the flow-on effects that, they, that you also get, you get uh, uh, better school completion rates, uh, and we yes. know from, we know from uh, you know, not from the Jong project specifically, but we know from you know, longitudinal studies for ages, uh, when you have more high school um, completion, you have lower rates of teen pregnancy, you have lower yes. rates of um, in interactions with the criminal justice system, you have lower rates of unemployment. Like So, like, you get these massive on-flying on benefits. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, so we in Albury are one of the two pilot sites in New South Wales who are running this project, uh, but we've been working on that for uh, over a year. We've basically, you know, banged the drum locally with all the agencies and all the schools and then went back to the New South Wales government and said, you need to give us some funding to do this. And um, we were very, very fortunate that the Department of Premier and Cabinet got on board. They saw the results from Geelong and basically <laughs> dragged uh, education and facts by the ears and, you know, made them sit, sit together and sign an MOU and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it would all work. So it's really, really exciting times. We've got... Uh, we're going to be... We've got four years of funding for that program, so that's just amazing. That's so amazing. It is. It is. It is such a cool, cool thing, um, and, and it, it's very cool for us because, like, we we yes started out as a youth homelessness organisation. Yes, uh, and then we expanded into uh, looking after all the homelessness services in our region. So that, that that was a very big cultural shift and a lot of change in size and and the way the organisation worked. Uh, and it's been great that we're now getting the more programs coming in that sort of fill all those roles out. And the Aubrey Project uh, feels like us a little bit getting back to our roots with with young people. Yes. Uh, but long term, it will just it will just change the way that we that we deal, uh, you know, with, with young people who are at risk of homelessness. And you know, it helps the schools because they have easier access to support services. It's just a a massive, massive win for everyone. So we're really excited about it. It's very cool. That is very cool, man. Hmm. Yeah. So we, yeah, we ha we're having a, a little bit of a talk fest with uh, one of the people um, who was you know, a driving force behind the Geelong project, and from the, um, I can't remember which uni he works at. He's an associate professor, and and he helped design the screening tool that they're going to use because. Uh, 
the whole idea about it is you want to try to pick up kids before they're in crisis. Like yes. You want to avoid them going to the refuge and all that sort of stuff. Like we, we want to get... We want early intervention to be an actual thing rather than just a buzzword, which unfortunately mm. it sometimes is, is too much. Uh, and so this s- survey that we'll be getting all the school kids to do every year gives us a great way of identifying the kids who might not yet be giving like really obvious signs in school or something like that, that they are you know, a, a higher risk student. Um, but once we can identify them... Yeah, like they might need just some low-level intervention, and you know, not not too much. Um, but we also then have like two higher tiers of people who you know need full-time case management and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, but because we do this survey every year, we'll have a great way to sort of see how these people are going and whether they need more or less support. Um, and we'll also have because we'll have uh, people working from like from our organisation actually in the schools. Uh, it means referrals are going to be much smoother and all this sort of stuff it's it's really exciting and all the schools in town have just you know jumped on board um yeah it's it, it, it's really it's really exciting I, I, you know i mean i'm not really important when it comes to this i'm on the board <laughs> i'm very peripheral to the people oh, I doing think the real you under- work sure and and i acknowledge that the people doing the work are, are vital to all of this happening however being on the board doesn't make you a slouch. Oh, I didn't say slouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay then. As you saw on Instagram, I could be a sla- snappy dresser. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was really, really funny. We had a board meeting two nights before, and I, I rocked up in my in my my usual best, you know, uh, an old daring fireball T-shirt that's mm. a little bit baggy, and, and my jeans, and then and we're talking about the fact that I'm going to be fronting this thing on. Um, on Thursday, and a couple of the newer board members who've like been on for less than twelve months, I could mm-hmm. just sort of see like the ticking over, just going, "This guy, r- r- really?" Just like that. <laughs> so, so, but uh, you know, I was I was on my best when I when I finally showed up. Good work. Hmm. Thank you. But yeah, but that that's probably the only really re- well really exciting thing that and going to to Kuji. It's just. I seem to be busy doing boring stuff, Stephen. Just it's life's happening. Like we, we figured out uh, with all sorts of things happening. Rupert, for example, plays hockey three nights this week. What? Yeah, which is going to mean stinky goalie gear mm. almost like permanently for from now until the end of September. Oh, yeah. Mm. Just. I mean, yeah. be a fullback, Rupert. Come on, mate. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, he's good. He's, good. he's a good keeper. Oh, dear. So, yeah, so just every time I've gone, oh, I can call Steve this week, stuff's just gone, no, no, you can't. No, you have J- other priorities. Jumped, jumped in my way. So, yeah. Have you managed to get your inbox under control, Dave? My, which one? Like, my personal <laughs> inbox or my work one? My work one's pretty good these days. Is it my, your personal one that's getting out of control? My personal one's got 63 unread messages. Oh, and I'm, and I'm at the point where what I do is every time, like, I just keep resetting the baseline. Like, at the moment, it's 63, and I know, I don't think there's anything urgent in those 63. So when, <laughs> I, see, so when I see it go to 64, I go, oh, better go and have a look at what that Something's new one happening. is. <laughs> look, check out the new one and just go, oh, yeah, and either deal with it or ignore it. And either... It'll become a new baseline, and then I'll know that 64 is nothing to worry about. <laughs> Wait till you see 65. Or 
I'll deal with it, and then it'll go back to 63 being the baseline. <laughs> That's how I email. In fact, I'm going to this season, I am going to uh, an engagement party tonight, yes. and I very nearly... Oh, God, I've, I've got so many bad stories to tell you about me. <laughs> I very nearly wasn't going to this engagement party, not because I want, didn't want to go. It, it's a dear friend of mine, but because they sent invites out on Facebook. Yes. And I look... I don't use Facebook, but I still do. No, I know you don't. Have There's a- so many times that I've gone to go, oh, Dave, I want to show you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because, I, but I still do have an active, actually, I have two different active profiles, but mm-hmm. I still have those because I need to be able to look up stuff from the, at the kids' hockey club, and that's the only place that they bloody post it. Do they not? But hang on. Oh. The kids' hockey club, is it not like an, a, a, a public page or something? No, no, no. no, no you've got to. Oh. Anyway, so... Oh. Yeah. Anyway, get an app, guys. Like seriously, <sighs> don't, don't, don't. Dave, this don't, might transform your and the club's life. There's a thing called Team App, T E A M App, which is built, designed for clubs to use to communicate to the people that play, kids, or even adults, uh, but certainly in a kids scenario and their parents. That sounds good. I think I will go, go and tell them because I hate trying to use Facebook. So anyway, I have I have this profile, and because yes. I have this profile. Uh, this engagement party, the invite was a Facebook in- event invite, right? So I never go on Facebook. I never look at Facebook. I-, I occasionally get emails from Facebook, but because I use Gmail, it puts them off in a little tab all by itself where I can ignore them. And what I usually do is I just go on and I do select all and I delete them all. Like, that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, you know, like I look at them occasionally. It's like, oh, such and such tagged you. And I-, I don't care. <laughs> There's a photo of you. Oh, well, good. Great. <laughs> you might like to see this. No, probably not. Yeah. Uh, and so it... See how many groups I'm a member of? Precisely. It literally... I went to delete all my Facebook messages, and this one saying, you've been invited to this engagement party, was literally the top message, and that's the only reason I saw oh, it. Dave. It was actually by pure chance. <laughs> pure chance. Absolutely. There were, and I was just like, yeah, that, that just was hopeless. So anyway, so, face, so apparently Facebook events are a thing for engagement parties, but you know. <sighs> but that's, that's that's not the worst social. <laughs> that's not the worst social problem that I have, Stephen. <laughs> Dave, pants are, are for outside wear. No, oh, no, no. So, so okay. <sighs> and I, I, look, I actually, I've almost been reluctant to talk to you because I thought that I should probably try to do something about this. What Uh-oh. story am I going to tell you next? So at least when I talk to you, I could go, but I've resolved it. Oh, Dave. But, but I haven't. Okay. Right. So. I, I want you to know there will be no judgment. Oh, lots there of, will, there lots will of be. jokes, but no judgment. <laughs> there will be so much judgment. <laughs> right. So uh, midway through February. So yes. A couple of weeks ago. Because we are in lousy smarch now. So. Yeah, yeah. Midway through February. Again, I was searching through, like looking through one of these, you know, tabs in my Gmail that I never, ever look at. <laughs> yes. And there's an email from WordPress. And I was thinking, oh, that's weird. I don't blog anymore. Mm. And I look at it and it's from the, and, and it's a comment on the about page on a, a WordPress site for the Apex Club of Aubrey, which I used to be a member of. Sure. And the comment is saying... Um, this former life member of the club passed away on the 26th of January. Well, it's sad. And it happens. It was... Well, and it, it, and I, I, I can tell you, because um, I have some knowledge, that 
that this person uh, had, was, you know, in his 80s and had been in poor health for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so while it's very, very sad, it wasn't necessarily unexpected. Sure. The reason that I know that he'd been in poor health for a while, Steve, is because oh, he's my next door neighbour. Oh, Dave. <laughs> and I didn't know that he died. So, I also hadn't gone to his funeral because I didn't know that he died. All right, now, Dave, I have to tell you right now that this is testing my no-judgment statement I made before. <laughs> I know! But no one told us! Like, like he's, one of his daughters lives... lives let's say, he, so the, his next do- daughter was, right? Mm. Uh, he, yeah, the, the not-so-newly deceased, and his wife. Uh, and then two houses further up the street, his, one of his daughters live, right? Mm-hmm. So his wife is still alive? His wife is still alive. So it wasn't like they didn't find no, him no, in his house no, no, for two no, weeks? No, 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 no. Because that no. would be even worse for you. Oh, it, it would. It would. No, no, that wasn't the case at all. You know, And, and this is the thing. Like uh, Previously, we used to be a lot more active in checking in on them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, since um, their daughter bought a house in the same street as us and is regularly down there, like it was a bit less, you know, oh, well, you know, didn't drop by as often because we, well, we knew that someone was going in there every day. So, so no one told us that he was dead, Steve. And of course, Ooh. we don't read the local paper. So if there was a like a, a funeral notice or something, mm. we didn't see that. Um, and I went to my neighbour on the other side and I said, did, did, "Did you know that he died?" And 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 she didn't know. Like no one had oh. told her. So lucky because not- at that point, if oh, you yeah. get that look, like, <laughs> yeah. of course, Dave. Yeah, I'm his neighbour. So 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 none, neither of us knew. Um, and I've I've gone a couple of times to like go over and and see his wife, but there's always been you know, either people coming and going or stuff happening, and I've just gone. Oh, I don't want to sort of jump in the middle of that. So it's now a couple of weeks since I found out, and a month since it happened, Ugh. and I still haven't gone next door. Well, <laughs> I, I I can understand it because there's elements of of shame and. and- <laughs> You know, I should have known and we should have popped over and all of the rest of it. I'm sure that, uh, you know, the, the, the man, the gentleman's um, good lady wife would love to see you. Oh, I'm sure she would. And, and would, as difficult as it is for her now working through all of that, you know, my husband's passed away and those sorts of things, would love to, you know, have you pop in and visit and, and you know, take your flowers and all of the things that you need to take, mm. need to take, mm. now that you've worked out that he died a month ago. <laughs> I don't think I'm a horrible person, Steve. No, that, you are not a horrible person, Dave. <laughs> I, just, I just think, I mean, nobody told us. <laughs> no, and I and look, I hear that. That, that is the challenge, and, and particularly, you've highlighted actually some pretty good, um, I mean, let's take the fact that he's your neighbour out mm. of the story for a second, yeah. neighbour. Mm. Um, <laughs> the fact that in, in a, a rural, you know, regional town setting like Albury-Wodonga is, you bang on. If you don't read the local paper, you like it's not like unless there's a really active Facebook group and you then have to be a member of it anyway. Uh, you're I'm, not going to find I'm, stuff I'm out. I'm not on Facebook, <laughs> but but that's my point, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not like they're tweeting death announcements out. You know? <laughs> oh God! Oh. Could you imagine that's a that's a brave new world? Oh yeah, yeah. So so when I say there's nothing happening in my life, things oh. are happening. Yeah, things are definitely happening. Though. Oh, things are happening. Yeah. Uh, how are you? 
<laughs> How are your parents? Oh, don't. I am. <laughs> okay, hang on. Hang on. Are your parents both still... Breathing. Breathing. Are they both yes. alive? Okay, good. Thank um, you. I, I gave <laughs> Dad a ring earlier today to catch up because I haven't spoken to him in a week or so. Um, I mean, at least they're not my neighbour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. Hang on. To be fair. Sorry, to be fair. If your parents died... Yes. ...and didn't ring you... Or both of them, if both of them died and well, they didn't ring me, that no, would be if, an if accurate of, statement. If one of them died and the other didn't ring you, yes, you wouldn't know, like not Truth. immediately, especially if, like you know, for what it, could could you? I mean, the first I might hear would be a sibling saying, "When are you going to where they live?" And I go, <laughs> or, "Why?" Or why weren't you at the funeral? Oh gosh, that would be <laughs> yes. We would all hear about that. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, because it's not like we it's, we were going, oh, you know, I haven't seen him lately because we didn't see him often I, anyway because he was unwell. I understand, Dave. He'd been housebound, I'm sure, bedridden, <laughs> you know, all of that sort of stuff. You don't sort of, unless you're intentionally popping over because you know that this uh, life member of the club that you used to be a part of <laughs> and your neighbour is, uh, you know, kind of knocking on death's door, that you might do the neighbourly thing and pop over and say g'day <laughs> just to see how he's going. Um but uh, everyone's got sounds so much worse. Everyone's got stuff going on, mate. Everyone's busy, you know. It, it, there's lots of things happening for people. <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm a bitch. If you haven't worked this out, 30, what are we? Thirty three episodes in. If you haven't worked out that I can be a bitch, nobody then told us. <laughs> All right. So I, I talked to my dad today, and he sounded as tired as I've ever heard him. Um, like just worn out, tired. Mum mm-hmm. uh, is still unwell. Uh, apparently, has a neurologist appointment on Wednesday, if I recall correctly. They've given her a whole bunch of new heart medication to use. Um, because, did we, when we spoke last time, did I tell you that she'd been having irregular heartbeat issues? Oh, I can't remember. It's been oh, well, a while. Like uh, you know, a, 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 what do you call it? Not a, a pulse, I guess it is. Uh, a heart rate that would go from sort of 38 beats a minute up to 170 beats a minute. Mm, that and back down again. Yeah, crazy, right? Mm. So they've given her a new heart medication to basically slow her heart down. Uh, when when she was in hospital, they stopped and restarted her heart. Um, no, I can't say what I was about to say. Um, they stopped and restarted her heart. <laughs> and, um, oh, oh, and I'm the bad one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be unkind to the person that I would say it about. <laughs> Um, the, the and and apparently everything was okay for about ten minutes. Dad said, and then it just went back to being irregular and crazy. Right. Um, so that coupled with the fact that her knees are killing her, and 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 like they're both in a bad way, and um, I, I think it could be a side effect of the medication or whatever's wrong with her. Um, like I talked to her on the phone for probably ten or fifteen minutes this morning, and then she put Dad on, and within five minutes of me talking to Dad, she was asleep. Um, we. It wasn't like she have, was out there. Have they have they come to the it's time to move off the farm realization yet? Well, there was there was that conversation. Uh, a little dad said, "Oh, we're looking at selling the farm and and stuff." Yay! Well, and I went, "Yeah, well, look, that's probably well." The problem is that it's still like the will is still in probate or whatever the uh, process yep. is for yep, yep. settling wills. Um, so they have to wait for that to finish, mm-hmm. and and for him officially to be go. Well, here you go. This is your farm now. Yep. Um, before they can do anything about it. Hmm. Um, although he did say that they had a land valuer come out um, 
and value the property, all 200 acres of it, it turns out. Mm. Um, and it, he said, I think, I think he erred on the, 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 you know, sort of lesser side of what it's worth. I said, well, what number did he give you there? He said, oh, 280,000. I went, ooh. Um, to be fair, though, the house is, is bulldozed. Like, it's, mm. it's an old farmhouse that has not been maintained, despite, you know, Dad putting air conditioners in every room now. Um, it's just, it's just an old wooden house that, you know, if and when mum, if, if mum and dad were to pass away before they moved off the farm, uh, the easier solution might be to just, uh, set the thing alight. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't make an insurance claim, I'm pretty sure you're allowed to just call it a bonfire. <laughs> well, mate, as long as we notified, because of the size of it, as long as we notified the fire department, we did it on a day there wasn't a fire warning. <laughs> Oh, boy. Had a water truck nearby, is, I think is, we'd be all right. Is it full of asbestos? Are you, are you allowed to Look, burn asbestos-laden houses? It could well be, and mm. I don't know or care. Um, yeah, it's pretty nasty. Um, so, Mum's not well, and, uh, like, not well. And Dad's like, I can't go and do anything outside when she's awake, because, you know, if she gets up, needs to go to the toilet, and she gets up and she falls over, I won't know. Um which is understandable and all that sort of thing. And I said, well, Dad, maybe, maybe you need to get some help. Oh, you know, don't, we're doing all right. But I said, Dad, doesn't sound like you're doing all right. Um, and we started to have some conversation about maybe even if Mum just got some, um, some temporary respite care, like went into care for a week um, to, to allow him uh, to get whatever he needs to get done out on the, the property because they're apparently putting in uh, a concrete floor into the garage or whatever, which would make sense for mum to get in and out of the car and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and just for him to be able to rest and to not be basically like a cat ready to pounce in case she falls over or hurts herself or needs something. Um, he did say that, you know, whenever mum's in hospital, she does want him in there with her as much as he can be. Um, which, look, I can understand. I, I get all of that stuff. The problem is that that's not exactly giving him a break, and it's not allowing him to get everything that he needs to get done done out on the farm. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, there's talk of selling the farm. There was even talk of selling, or he'd said, oh, we'll sell some of the underperforming shares. I went, Dad, just sell them all, you know? Oh, some of them are giving us a good dividend, and those are said, well, sure, whatever, but at some point you're going to have a whole bunch of money in shares that you're not doing anything with. It's not like you're adding to it, you know? They're just sitting there earning some cash. Um Sell them or get some financial advice. Do something about that. Uh, who knows? Uh, but I was cer- I'm certainly worried about him more than I need to be, um, particularly him. Because as I said to him, it's no good you working yourself into the ground and then both of you as a crook and then you both have to go into care mm-hmm. uh, or you go into hospital because you've overdone it and mum has to go into care at that point. There's no ifs and buts. Um, I don't know, mate. My parents, look, there, there hasn't been an international incident recently. Um, you know, it's just kind of playing out all this health stuff now. Mm. Um, he did say, which when I told Michelle, she, um, gave me a knowing look that I know she's giving me right now hearing this. Um, oh, we're thinking about selling the farm and moving up there to be closer to all of you, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, You know what you could say? He said, look, you know what you could do? You should... You should move so that you, yeah, you sort of equidistant from all of the kids. So that mm. means you don't need to go to Broome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, oh dear. Or like, mean, look, 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 
that, that's probably a bit extreme. Just settle on Darwin. <laughs> yeah, and look, the challenges for mum's health are, I, look, I don't know how much dad is shielding me from in talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or whether, I mean, the doctors wouldn't not tell them what was wrong. They're, they've got no interest in that. They're just going to say this is the problem and these are the things. Um, but they keep talking about, oh, we don't know what's going on. The doctors don't know what's going on. I've got to reckon a doctor knows what's going on. You know, yeah, the- some doctor knows what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the thing is, like, we, we went through that to an extent with my grandmother mm. um, a couple of years ago uh, when she finally got put into um, a nursing home. I'm pretty sure I've told you about the yeah all the yeah all the fun and games there. But realistically, like, there, there was a lot of points where they were going through, and the doctors were just like, "Yeah, no, don't know." Like, like you're old and and your body's not working as well as it should have, and it's not reacting the way that people, yeah. we would expect it to. And you know, that's just something you got to you got to cop. But it turned out what wasn't helping also was my grandmother, um, you know, mix and matching her medications however she felt like on the hmm. different particular days. It was remarkable how once she went into hospital after she uh, broke her shoulder, that all of a sudden all of the things like her uh, erratic heart rates and stuff like that disappeared. Uh, because there was of someone course. else, yeah, you know, uh, maintaining her meds, handing out her meds. Wheel uh, of fortune. <laughs> I think it was worse with my grandmother. To be honest, she'd be like, oh. "Oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm gonna have one of those." Oh, now yeah. that's not right. I'll that always those. perks me up. <laughs> oh, how do I balance that out? I need uh, a purple one. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, she's as bad as you know, it's, as as an advertising uh, executive, you know taking uppers and downers to get through the day. Like that yeah, was, just to balance things out. <laughs> that was my grandmother with her heart medication. An episode of Mad Men is your grandma's heart. Oh, um, so, look, it's, it's a challenge with my parents, and, and things will uh, hopefully get better. Um, I mean, part of me looks at it and just goes... Because here's the other problem, too, because both of her... Like, her other need needs replacing, and the one that they did now is obviously copping some heat because she's favouring it over the other one. Um, but not walking properly. In fact, Dad said now she's not even lifting her feet. She's just shuffling. Um, they're not going to do anything, anything about her knees while her heart's a problem. Mm. Oh, absolutely. So they have to work that out. Yep. And there's everything else. And there's the fact that she's, you know, diabetic and, 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 and all of the ands, right? It's just that level of, <sighs> Yeah, that's, that, that, that's where it's getting into, um. Very, very uh, house of cards sort of thing, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's my parents. That's the short update on how that is all happening. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm well. going back to school, Dave. You are. Yes, I well, am. Well, listen, you huff and puff, but that sounds like something exciting. Hmm. It, it should be. Is Let's this, hope it is. Is this for a uh, a career move or? Uh, something along those lines what's what, what's driving this Stephen? it's I, professional I, development mm. that was promised to me last year and and due to some dysfunctional you know boss stuff that happened mm. um, never actually came through so they're making good on that at least oh that's good um so i'm starting my diploma of ministry on this tuesday night as it turns out podcast time coming um and I'm the first subject I'm doing is an introduction to Christian leadership. I think it's four subjects, and I'll and I'll get my diploma. Mm-hmm. I think so. I might have. I, I thought it was yeah. If I do four subjes one one a sub semester, 
part-time like this, I think I end up with that. And it's basically uh, like almost my first year of uni, that kind of vibe. Hmm. So if I then went to go back into a bachelor, once I've completed that, I've got like that down. Um, it's, look, on one hand, it is it is just PD. It's It's a way for me to get some benefit out of what I do in my job, working for the church, so that, you know, all of that, is worthwhile and and on, and that sort of stuff, um, you know. That there's some benefit beyond, you know, obviously what the job is about. You know, in, in that the the job is investing in me, so that's well, fine. Well, that's good. So, so now, just, just I need I need to ask. Be, sure. Um, so once you have your diploma of ministry, yes. will that allow you to become either a a charismatic cult leader, or two? Uh, the leader of one of those big mega churches where you make squillions of dollars um, by fleecing your flock. Dave, if I was being cynical, I'd say, how would you differentiate? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> look, it, it, I, I, I don't need a diploma, but it would help oh, okay. to become yeah. a cult leader. Right. Yeah. Um, and well, to, you, be... to be fair, Stephen, you are already charismatic. Thank you. Um, don't go changing. <laughs> The 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 to be the leader of a mega church, they they would probably want me to have uh, some more degree stuff than just a diploma. Mm. Um, but it would get me, you know, if I wanted to get a foot in the door, it would be a step in. Well, I mean, I mean look, you already own a Harley Davidson, so you're mm. halfway to running Hillsong as is. <laughs> Gosh, that's <laughs> what a benchmark, Dave. <laughs> what a bar I now have to jump over. <laughs> Oh boy, 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 oh boy! It, it's it's such an interesting beast. Like living living in in Christian world, in church world, mm. um, and having been very close to the Hillsong machine, but not in it. So close from an outside perspective, but not in it. And having been to some Hillsong events uh, and all of that sort of stuff, and Hillsong just going from strength to strength and planting churches around the world and doing all sorts of stuff and. And being cool, man, with Carl Lentz and all the rest of it. Um, and, and here's the thing. People often sort of you know, slam these mega churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just like the oldest Christian religion on the planet, they've covered up sexual abuse of children as well. So, you know, they're it a real out. church. They're a it real really church. evens out. I mean, <laughs> the catch is for Hillsong that nobody went to jail. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, yeah. As, as uh, good old Cardinal Pell might... Um, hmm. Well, no, not might. He's there. He's, well, yeah, true, but it, it's it's he, pending sentencing oh, no, and appeal. Get, no, he's, he's doing porridge right now, and that's the main thing. Mate, well, this little bit will be the, those moments that allow him to maybe take some stock and maybe reconsider his appeal. We know I that's think, not going to happen. I think he'll be. I um, think he's incapable of that, especially when, especially yeah. when. Um, half of the conservatives in Australia are lining up to somehow apparently now decide that jury trials are no longer a good way yeah, to, no, they're to, ready to, to figure out him. whether um, you know, someone's guilty or not. They're, mate, if you ask John Howard or Tony Abbott or Andrew Bolt, they're ready to say it's St. Pell, um, which is which is just horrific. That, I'd like to see an article on the day that he was found guilty get published by the Herald Sun from Andrew Bolt that an innocent man has been found guilty. Like, 
when did it become okay to like go to the mat for a convicted pedophile? Mate, why? Why? And, and mate, I don't know the law. I'm going to stick my neck out that far. Why the judge has not called Bolt for contempt is beyond me. Well, it's because it's after, like it's after the fact. Like the the the, the case is it's done. So I, I don't know if you can. I, I he would argue his his uh, his ability to be an opinion writer and that we have you know this idea of free speech is, um, within our country and the freedom of the press and look you know look listen if he wants to stick up for for pedophiles that's okay but that's that that that's going to go on your permanent record yeah the catch is it's not just him there is a list of opinion writers and former prime ministers and, and, and yeah but look let's be honest. Well, for example, we've got Paul Kelly lining up to go. Oh, this mm. is a, you know, clearly a miscarriage of justice. This is the same Paul Kelly who called mm. the uh, Royal Commission into uh, Child Abuse um, a, a political stunt. So it's not exactly like. No, no, and a note for our lesser informed <laughs> listeners: uh, not the Paul Kelly that tells us how to make gravy. Different or, Paul no, Kelly, or the Paul Kelly who's really good at kicking a football. Used to be really good at kicking a football. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure he's still better than you and me. <laughs> Mate, be I guarantee he's better than both of us still. He'd probably run rings around us on the on the oval too. Oh, yes, he could. Well, he could because I, I haven't been running much of late, Steve. I've been a big slacker. Yeah, well, you've been busy in I've been, I've been pretending going, to be an adult. But I've been going to... Oh, I only did that once. But I've been going to yoga. <laughs> yes. I've been... I've been I, I, did, I did a headstand the other day, Stephen. All right, Dave, our relationship is over. Whoa. Yoga? Yeah. Between this and sex camp, I'm. I don't even know who you are anymore. Oh, I think you do. I think I do. Um, I, I, think, I, think you, I think you could use me as a PowerPoint slide when you're in your youth ministry going, right, here's what's wrong with the world today. All I need to do is just go, Dave, how's your neighbour? I'm not a terrible person. I'm just, no, you're not. You are not I'm a terrible just, person. I'm just, I'm I will vouch for that. I am. I'm, oh, distracted. No one told us. No Distracted, knows. maybe a Nobody little bit self-absorbed, knows. possibly you know just ignorant. To I the mean, Lord they could have dropped. Someone could have dropped a note <laughs> in our letterbox, going. Yes. By the way, send up a flare. Uh, if someone sent up a flare, I'd go and say, "Hey, what, what, what's going on with the flare?" I mean, door knock to the neighbourhood. But here's the thing: like, norm- maybe one of his neighbours could have done that. Just <laughs> gone around and said, "Hey, everyone, did you know uh, old mate's dead?" Given that one of his Daughters is is one of the neighbours. Yes, one yeah, of the, one of the neighbours. It's not the responsibility of the grieving family, though. <laughs> oh. Normally, someone close to the family that might live, I don't know, next door, that's known him for some time, um, might have paid some attention. <laughs> We've only known them for sixteen years. So. This is so <laughs> See, like, Your Honour, I'd like to offer that comment as Exhibit C. Um. Yeah, it's all right. I I understand, Dave. It, I, I wanna. I wanna. I'll I'll stop for a short time, being a bitch and and <laughs> to, uh, to assuage fair, your fears. To be fair, I have seen them more for, more recently than I've seen my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> is your grandma still alive, Dave? She is, because someone would have told us if she died. <laughs> like her neighbour? <laughs> no, no. She's in a nursing home. They would have called. Technically, <laughs> her neighbour or employee. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. um, so, spe- speaking of churches, yes. has yours decided um, to rescind being nice uh, to gay people? Oh, did we not? Did we record before that happened? I think I don't. Yeah, we we haven't. I haven't. I, did we, have, we not I, even talk about it? Oh, we haven't had an update. I, kn- I knew that there was the the um, 
the, the a motion to rescind from some horrible people in was it South Australia and WA? Well, it was all of South Australia. Let's yeah. not say some yeah. horrible people. Oh well, yeah, but let, but let's be honest, South Australia. Not everybody's what, horrible. What, wasn't the deal that South Australia like had a disproportionate number of votes or something ridiculous? Be- anyway, I don't Look, remember. The, the short the short answer is that the South Australia did not get the numbers. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, if you are someone that is uh, LGBTI and very much in love with your partner uh, and wants them to want to make them your husband or your wife, uh, I won't say all Uniting Churches. You you will have to ask around. However, Uniting Church ministers are in a position to marry you uh, should you want that to be a thing. Now, a lot of them aren't. A lot of people aren't. That's okay. Uh, but if you wanted a church wedding done by a minister, the Uniting Church can provide that. Um, however, as I said, you'd need to ask around because not all ministers would want to, and that's within the scope of the decision that has been made. No. Uh, but that, let's do. That seems quite reasonable. Yeah, look, and, 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 and that's... And far better than a, than a blanket ban. That's, that's where sure. we landed. Now, that still hasn't <laughs> kept the people that think that, you know, the gays are not the right people. Um they still think that it's a bad idea and all of the rest of it. So it, there's ongoing conversations and, and we will continue to be uh, a church on the way is uh, what we talk about in our founding documents. Um, it Look, it's a challenge. It's just going to be an ongoing challenge. But mm. no one's dead. Um, <laughs> Not like my neighbour. Oh, that's right. I mean, we could ultimately find out about what's going on. <laughs> By just going next door and asking. Someone would maybe tell you. <laughs> maybe someone could let you know. What you said would be confronting, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. <clears throat> what were we talking about before this? Um, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm studying. That's a good thing. It's weird. I, I, I haven't I, written an assignment in 25 years. I'm thinking about studying. Really? What are you going to go and study? Asterisk, nerd courses don't count. Uh, no, because I wouldn't do a nerd course. Well, here, see, here's the whole point. He, I, I think I've mentioned to you that the the entire division that I work for yes. um, has been completely outsourced in all of the Americas and all of Europe. Great. And, and they've, the division has only been kept in-house in well, Asia-Pacific. No, well, no, no, because it's in Asia Pacific, it was too hard to find an outsourcing partner, oh, which God. which you can understand because you know it covers uh, India, China, yep. all the South Pacific nations. Yes. Like you've got a, a to try to find a single company that has a big presence, a footprint yeah. in all. I mean, I, I can't imagine India's you know lining up to have Chinese IT companies come in um, there or vice versa. You know, like yeah. they, they they would both see that as. Uh, a, a a local market, so for the time being, I, I still work for my employer. Hooray! Uh, but my take on it is that that means clearly my division is no longer seen as a strategic asset. Yes, like, like clearly. So um, you know, we 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 might still be here for another twenty years because mm-hmm. it might continue to be too hard to get rid of us. Sure. Or we might not, you know. They... Well, I mean, the, the thing that plays to your advantage, if we want to think of it like this, is that all of those areas that you talk about that are in your region mm. for the company, are, broadly speaking, reason, at least for Australia, vast differences, distances rather. Yep. You know, like it's, 
the footprint that you have to have to be like it costs your company money to have you guys in all of the places to be able to service sure the customers does. that they have. Yep. And then the idea that you go, well, we'll outsource it means that they found someone else that has that many people in all of those places yeah. to be able to allow them to it's, say, hey, we can still support you in the same way, but for cheaper for us. I think it's le- I think it's less about finding someone with like an overlapping footprint at, and it's it's more about a management problem because like in, in the mm. Americas, they handed that basically everyone who was on that division they were basically like um unisys does this now uh, send them your cv yes uh, and, <laughs> and, and there was a different partner in um in europe who they yeah. did it with um and i think it's just more a case of they don't have someone even with a management footprint at the moment but that doesn't mean that there won't be one at some point or they won't go hey asia pacific is too hard so let's do you know um the you know Eastern Asia and Western Asia, um, or you know, Eastern Asia and South Asia, or something along those lines. Like, I mean, they'll, 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 they could come up with something at some point. But anyway, but because you know, my, you know, I, I, I do joke that I don't have any saleable skills, Stephen. But I just think I don't have any saleable in, maybe in the market that I work in. Yes, in a place like Albury, like it's it, this might come as a shock to you, Stephen, but there's not an enormous um, call for people with, with IT skills in a place like this because it just isn't anymore. It, like the big companies have centralised away all of their IT support. Um, I'm a real snob, and I don't want to go back into you know supporting small businesses because it's just. It is a difficult nightmare of a job, and mm. you know I salute all the people who do it. I just don't yep. wouldn't have the patience for it again. Again, oh, mate, I could never um, go back into IT in any sense unless it was my bosses were overseas and I work from home again. Yeah, um, like it. I know I, I, I got spoiled. <laughs> uh, it was too good. Mm. Uh, so I'm thinking of studying something maybe just very completely different. But I need to talk to some people who like know a bit more about the, the sector. Uh, but I'm thinking about doing something like counselling. Wow, Dave. What, like, what has brought this on? Uh, look, a, a lot of things, Steve. A lot mm-hmm. of things. And uh, I... Oh, where do I start? Well, yes, where do you start? Well, this is the problem because... Uh, I, th- there's so much stuff I've been reading and podcasts I've been listening to lately mm-hmm. and just a whole bunch of stuff sort of intersecting um, that gets me back to this point where it all becomes a little bit overwhelming because, Steve, I know that we live in a very, very imperfect world and, and I've come to the conclusion that mm-hmm. th- before we can fix any individual's problems, we need to boil the ocean and we need to fix everything <laughs> If we can just fix everything, then we can go back to the individuals and help them sort sort, sort through their individual trauma and problems and, and be a bit better off. But we can't we can't sort through individuals' trauma sustainably until we live mm. in a society where we can actually acknowledge people's hurt and trauma as a real thing. So what what I'm hearing that you're suggesting, Dave, is um, a hard reset. Look, all I'm saying is, can we at least try be nice to one another? Like that—that—that's the starting point. So, Dave, what I'm hearing you're suggesting is a hard reset. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no final solutions, Stephen. <laughs> mm. 
Um, but yeah, look, um, I think I think the you know, I think uh, look, I might not be an, an organised person, especially when it comes to checking my neighbours. But I well, am, you will never be a cult leader. I'm an empathetic person. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know it. You have so, a very gentle heart, Dave. I, I think I do. Well, look, when except for your neighbour, well, I, I cared for them. I just didn't, didn't care about them. them. <laughs> I didn't see them. But um, so when I was at uni, and I was like, I was studying psych at uni, um, and that sort of went off the rails. Yes, um, and that's fine. Uh, but I don't really think uh, I don't th- think I really wanted to do psych from the a medical perspective as such. Yes. Right? Um, like, I, I don't want to devalue that or sound like I'm sort of, you know, scoffing at it because I'm not. It, it, it's incredibly important, but I don't think it's something where I necessarily have the right skill set. Yep. But in terms of, you know, dealing with you know, people who are struggling with, all sorts of different situations. I usually find myself as able to, you know, hear those hear those people, and and uh, I think I'm also very good at hearing like different sides of a conflict and um, being able to sort of see the like the, the the bigger picture view. When sometimes you know when you're in the midst of it, it's very very hard to even acknowledge the other person's. Yes, uh, it's hard to acknowledge what the other person is saying, let alone dig in any deeper and, and wonder why they might even be coming from, you know, what their perspective might be. But so I don't know, Steve, I, like I've just, or I just think I would like to do something looking after people that, that would, I think would be good for me. But I don't know, it's one of those, how do you get from here to there? So I need to talk to some people who are in the sector who know more. Mm. Well, it's, that, that would be, that would be huge, Dave. It would be. And this is the thing, I don't even know what, what that job looks like. Like, I don't know whether that means I would have to end up being a HR drone for someone or working for a not-for-profit or a government department or whether yep. I could, you know, hang a shingle outside an office and, you know, try to convince people to pay for me to, you know, listen to their grievances. I don't know. I, like I said, I, it's it's all, it's not even a plan at the moment, Stephen. It's it's not, not not even the start of a plan. It's mm. just, an, it's an idea. So I'm in, inve- but I'm investigating it. Mm. Well, investigation is great, mm. like what you should have done with your neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> someone could have told us. <laughs> yes, Dave. Someone could have told you. But if you would just stop and take a breath and tell me about your mother. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. So, yeah, so I might be studying as well. Wow. Which, hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Well, it's pretty great. I think so. Well, you know, see, here's the horrible thing. It costs money to study these days. Like re- real, oh, real baby, yes, cash does. money. Real, real cash, cash money. money. It's not like when we were at uni and, it, it, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, that I, I don't want to uh, muck up that course because it might add a whole thousand dollars to my hex debt. Oh, <laughs> this no, is like, no. oh. Mate, I, when I oh, had finished God. paying off my hex debt, I had a whole semester of subjects that I failed that I paid off. <sighs> yeah, it's not exactly... Uh, ugh. <sighs> 
That's, yeah, yeah, that, that's that that's brewing on my mind as well. Mm. Yeah, not not my hex step, but my my children's potential one. That's that seems to be creeping ever closer. Ever closer. Mm. Oh, we're getting old, Stephen. We're getting old. It's weird. Oh, don't even, man. I had a look at myself in the mirror the other day, and because I'm like overdue a haircut, I'm in a position where, um, like all of the grey, the salt and pepper in the side of my hair, uh, like above my ears, is all in good and proper. Um, I just looked at it going, oh, I mean, I am old. <laughs> Maybe, but did maybe, you have to remind me? Maybe, maybe you could get that stuff. What, what, what is it that that comes with a little brush, and you sort of brush it through to the just for men stuff? That's it. That's it. You could mm. you could go a just for men look, Steve. I'm sure you could do that very tastefully. Very I'm sure, tastefully. I'm sure you could. <laughs> oh, I can't. I don't have enough hair to do it. If I tried to use just for men, I just have. I'd end up with just black smears all over my scalp. Mm. <laughs> There's literally not enough hair to even try to colour. <laughs> oh, you just paint it on. So oh, it looks like you painted on your hair. <laughs> I'd look like a Lego man. <laughs> it'd be pretty great. Uh, I'd look like Kevin Andrews. It'd be, no, Ooh, that wouldn't be oh. good at all. Not Only good. if you sat awkwardly on the couch with Rach. In fact, <laughs> there is a challenge. You and Rach need to recreate that photo. Oh. That would be phenomenal. You don't think so? No, that's not a good look. Oh, I think if you posted it and then just that picture of you guys, just for no other reason than just the lols, you would kill it. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Have you been travelling much recently? I was in Melbourne the other week for a two-day talk fest about the future of national events in the Uniting Church for young adults, Mm -hmm. um, which was not bad. It wasn't bad. It was quite good. Did I see you Instagramming your way around a youth camp as well at some point? Oh, uh, yeah, back in January. Back that in was NIOC, the National Young Adult Leaders Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there being one of the, I won't say many, one of the few token old people. Um, it was good. Good to be a part of that. Good to be a part of that in a national context with the, within the scope of my role, um, which is in itself has been, is, is proving to be some challenges for me at the moment. But I will, um, I will persevere. I have, you know, said, well, I'll ha- I, I, I said as much to my boss actually today, or not today, uh, this week, that, um, look, I, I can do all of these things. Like, I can do the things that you want me to do within the scope of this role, position, description stuff. I don't know that you're using the best of me, but I will do them. Now, it's not very inspiring, but I made the commitment to do them and I will do my best. No, no, it's just, it's. I, I hopefully it's the acknowledgement that they recognise that I bring a whole raft of other skills that now they are not using mm. in in effectively turning me into um, a desk jockey. Oh, right. Of sorts. Right. So there will be far less going out and speaking to communities and stuff. Then um, there will be some opportunity, though. It'll. <sighs> Kind of be invitational. I still get to have important coffee meetings with people, which is good. Um, I mean, the, the the good thing is that for me, being a human being that loves people, um, I get to build a network of practitioners and volunteers that work with young people mm-hmm. um, across the whole of the church. So I need to go and talk to them and hear them and find out what they're doing and work out ways that we connect them, engage them, that sort of stuff. Um, the, the the definite challenge for me is that I'm a problem solver. I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. Um and so I hear and I see the, some of the things and I go, right, well, 
we need to do this or you need to do that or this is how we fix it go do this um and that's not my role yeah yeah now what you can do that's exactly where it's at Mm. oh yeah my my role at the moment is telling managers why people aren't happier with the things that have been fixed yet Mm. oh I mean to be fair the benefit is that I I get to feed into the statewide and, and national levels of the church and say right so we all acknowledge that there aren't that many young people in the church yep yep everyone yep nodding good excellent now let me tell you some of the ways that we could fix it. Oh, you're not going to do any of them? Go. No worries. <laughs> oh, you're going to just sort of nod and, and, and placate me and, and, and tell me that, well, the congregations and the presbyteries, they need to do stuff. Yeah, they do, but they also are looking for direction from you guys. So it's time for you guys to pony up some dough and pony up some direction and pony up some release of people to do things. Or not. Have you So thought- far, Not. Have you thought of running uh, a network of relatively low-cost private schools as a way of getting people to at least pretend to be um, members of your faith community? Because I think the Catholics have settled on that as their their current recruiting strategy. Mm. <laughs> maybe, maybe if we force these kids to go to church while they're at school, uh, th- 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 some of them will stick around, uh, despite the fact that most of their parents probably uh, haven't set foot in uh, a church since these kids were baptized but, you know. yeah well I, i'm gonna say not unironically <laughs> that um uh, like the 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 nature of how we work and what we do and the fact that a big push within the life of at least the queensland synod is to 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 operate I guess, and it, it makes sense. However, we're a bit of a behemoth. We're a bit of a really big ship to try and turn around, which makes it tough. But engage all of our agencies, engage all of our schools, engage all of all facets of the church in the things that we think are important. Uh, and we're about to undergo a massive consultation process that helps us set our strategic plan for the next five years. Uh, and I'll be involved in that, which will be great. However, um, the way that we... The way, the way that we do Uniting Church Schools in Queensland is, is all legal and all proper. However, from a church governance point of view, each of them is different. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and go, mm, is that really the way we should be doing this? Can, can I give you a, a tip for your, for your butcher's paper session? Sure. Uh, this isn't a what we can do, but this is certainly mm. a what not to do. Don't touch kids. Well, well, no, it, we're way ahead. I, of you. I, I think you, I think you guys have got that down pat. But what you cannot do? <laughs> Hang on, which part of that? <laughs> what you cannot do though is not send home with kids a letter, um, basically standing for a convicted pedophile. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, because could, we, you, could you imagine? Could you I just imagine? Could, I can't. Could you imagine getting a letter can't. home from the school basically saying, oh, this guy that yesterday the whole world found out, uh, you know, orally raped two little boys, uh, we're sending you a letter to home to say, look, he's not, we, we, we he's just not a bad man. He's not a bad bloke. <laughs> Gee, I have oh to say, boy. If, if I received one of those letters and <laughs> if I hadn't already had ripped it up, I'd be making sure it was in front of every media outlet again and again oh. and again and again. Astonishing, um, isn't it? It is. It is to, quite frankly. What an ludicrous. amazing lack of judgment! Amazing. Mate, it, it's, like, like imagine using the schools as the way to, mm. <laughs> to, to distribute that. Like oh. the, the Uniting Church uh, has 
its fair share of her horrors in its, um, I'll say, recent past. Um, in that the United Church has only existed for 41, 42 years, um, and we are have been in schools, you know, and our, our precursor churches, Presbyterian, Methodist, and Congregational churches, have been engaged in schooling for a long time. So when we talk about um, some of the past horrors of the way young people have been treated, we've got our fair share of, of horrific stuff. And not even in schools. We've fuck, got ministers that fuck have this been... this is a happy podcast, isn't it? <laughs> Every week. Well, Every week. Every week. Every, every month or two. Straight away, you've nailed just how happy it is. Every week, no, Dave. Oh. Um, but, but in that, you know, we... There are ministers that have had to be... I'll, I'll use the Catholic term, defrocked, um, that have been, you know, convicted of child, you know, endangerment, child sex offences. Um, there are schools. We, in fact, one school that I can think of just in the last sort of three years that the the synod have opted to close because we acknowledged there had been things that had gone on and that we didn't do a good enough job in protecting the young people there, and so we felt that the best way forward was for us to close that down, close that school down because we couldn't guarantee their safety in the way that it functions. Now, as it turns out, we've actually found another organisation that specialised in schooling with Indigenous young people, that was the, the nature of this school, um, that have leased the property off us and have restarted the school as a new entity, but restarted the school with all of the facilities that are there. That's, that's really great, because that was something that I know the leadership of at least the Queensland Synod really laboured over because the initiative that started this school was about intentionally prioritising a quality education for Indigenous young people. Um, And that meant building facilities, investing in stuff, getting teachers connected, uh, drawing young people out of, um, you know, locations and, and towns that were distant to where the school was located. So that meant that they had to have uh, accommodation on site and all of that sort of thing. And and that is in part what became the problem was that in one of these accommodation situations, uh, a girl wasn't uh, uh, hurt by a teacher but was hurt by some, some male students. Um, and, you know, that it in fact was a case that was raised during the Royal Commission. Um, so we know a little bit. I don't say we know it all. A little bit of some of the pain and what it means to make good. Um, I can promise you that there was not one letter sent home saying, hey, um, th- you know, these kids that did that, they were just kids and they'll work that out, they're learning. Um, or in the case of ministers, when they've had to be, uh, had their, their credentials, you know, um, disavowed. Um, no, we haven't gone to, to their congregations or the congregations they used to be involved in and go, that's okay, you can still love them, they're aces. Um, you didn't provide character references for them at their trials. Or, or ask a Prime Minister to. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Former Prime Minister to. Oh, Stephen. But the, look, it, we were always Stephen. going to talk about Pell, right? This is, this is, it's the hot button topic of the week. The, the one, if we can call it, a hint of an edge of silver lining on this very dark cloud um, across the entire process is that through some wisdom, Pell and his legal team took some advice or made the decision of their own volition to withdraw his application for bail. Uh, yeah. Because up until the morning of, they were ready to do it. Yeah. They're, they're, 
given some of the comments um, made by his legal team, it's, oh, it's, don't even start me on no, that, no, hor- that no, horrific no. man I'd, that tried to minimise what he did no, in the sentencing uh, submissions. Mm, yeah, no, I don't want to go there, but it's uh, it, it's just it's frightening to me the way that this man's power mm. has in the minds of so many people exonerated yeah. him. Mate, like the, that, the, the, that, the fact that his his oh. defence has been largely largely sponsored in payment. Mm. Like his his legal team, his legal costs, somebody in the media worked out they're 50,000 bucks a day. 50,000 bucks a day. And people are giving him money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Now... I understand that people have looked to him as the archbishop and as a cardinal in Rome and seen him as uh, a great man that they never had any problems with and he never hurt them or their kids. I understand that. The he challenge was, is he was he accused also, of many times. Well, he was accused of many times. He did some things that were very questionable, I agree. Um, and now found guilty. Of five counts of child sexual endangerment, and, and no, let's call it abuse. It's abuse. Well, it's it's what's um, yes, it's what it is. So, but but look, here's the thing though. Um, there was a, a very good good article about it in the Saturday paper today. Um, basically, no, no mention of your neighbour. <laughs> when I say the Saturday paper, I'm talking. You mean the Saturday? I'm paper. talking about the one by Blacking. Not, not actual not, Saturday not, paper. Not the not the Saturday paper in Albury. If I read the Saturday paper in Albury, I might have known that I had a dead neighbour. <laughs> I did. I don't read the border mail. How how great is our podcast when the <laughs> the levity, you know, the light side of things is us joking about your now dead neighbour. <laughs> Someone could have told us. <laughs> My fault. I'm, I'm not a horrible person. Oh, Dave. Um, but no, the 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 Saturday paper made the point that you know the the, the whole Melbourne response mm. to oh, child, yeah, child abuse, which was run by Pell, and yeah, which, it was his creation. Yes, and which was uh, has been acknowledged was incredibly, incredibly hostile to victims. Yes. Like, the whole premise of it was that basically anyone that is bringing a claim against the church uh, is you, you can effectively th- someone that is being uh, co-opted or coerced by... It, it was it was basically the argument of you, you can take next to nothing and we won't admit anything. Or yeah, you, basically, or, here's or, a silence payment. Or you can take us to court. Here's a silence like, payment. Yeah, it, it was fucking horrible. Um, and so, but now you've got to view that through the lens of so the guy who was designing the response to uh, abuse in the church was mm. himself an abuser. Yep. Um, and that puts a whole new light on it. It's, it. Okay, it's it's not now. It's not just well, Pell designed this horrible process that really didn't provide meaningful redress to people. Mm. Um, because of fucking course he didn't. No, one hundred percent. Of course he didn't. Oh, fuck! Oh. Yeah, it's it's. Look, it is. The entire situation is horrific, and unfortunately, even though uh, he's been found guilty, which I'm going to say is a good thing, um, given the, the claims made against him and all of the rest of it, I 
there's still a lot of pain that a lot of people have to go through because the sentencing hearing isn't until, what, the 13th of March or something like that. And his legal defense have already acknowledged that they're appealing. Mm -hmm. And unless they clear the decks to get that appeal here uh, heard quickly, which they're not gonna, like, it's going to take ages. Yeah, look, the the interesting thing from my point of view, and bearing in mind, clearly, Stephen, I'm not a legal scholar. I'm a man yeah, yeah. who sometimes turns a screw You over. and me both. However, the, the way that uh, the appeal is sort of being spoken about by the, mm-hmm. the, the Pell defenders in the media, like, you'd practically think that they were rerunning the trial from scratch. Yes. And they're not. No, that's, that's not what an appeal is. No, that's that not, is not how, how an works. appeal works, kids. <laughs> it, it, you know, they're basically going to go through to see whether there were any errors in law made by the judge, and I'm going to go out on a limb, Stephen. Again, not being uh, particularly familiar with all the members of the Australian sure. judiciary, but I'm going to go out on a limb, and I, I'm going to suspect that someone involved in what is clearly an incredibly high-profile and sensitive case mm. would be extra careful to make sure yes. that they did not make any errors in law. I mean, it's what it comes down to. The The judge decides on the law and yes. the jury decides on the facts. And and the, the jury's decision isn't going to... Uh, be second guessed. I mean, all this bullshit about oh well, he was wearing one of these, and you know, it's too hard to you know. You're talking about the article from Frank. Brennan. Oh yeah, and all all the other yeah. associated bullshit. Um, like none of that gets to be relitigated. That's that's not the point. Like no no one gets to go and retry the evidence in. Well, there is a slight caveat with that, Dave, and that is that if if the defence can put that either the jury made their decision in an ill-informed fashion, if they can prove that, i.e. they've, you know, made their, their, such was their hate for the man that they looked past holes in what was presented by um, the prosecution, or if um, the, ev- the case of the prosecution was basically not up to scratch and they can prove based on all of that sort of stuff that it couldn't have been the, the case... That's where the appeal sits. Yeah, no. He is going to rot, and I think he probably should. Look, the, the, the bottom line is this. The the sentence will be telling, as will the, the nature of the appeal, because the sentence in itself um, will be handed down before the appeal. Uh, and, I mean, because the appeal can be, okay, well, yes, we do this, and instead of finding him this, then we can reduce the sentence that he's been given. Ten years, I think it is, for each count. He could be facing 50 years in jail. Wouldn't that be lovely? It would be <laughs> unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Mm. But not before time, let's be honest. Yes, I agree. Ugh, man. Ugh. It's horrific, Dave, and, and I've got to tell you, working inside a church organisation while all of that is playing out um, is a very challenging place to be. Now, I'd, I'd say that knowing that no one is pointing at any other church other than the Catholic Church and saying 
all you guys are horrible. Some some people are, but it's not the certainly not the media and not the majority. Um, the the church has let the community down so many times before when it comes to this sort of stuff. We probably deserve to be pointed at and told, blah, blah. And, and that is basically what the Royal Commission was about, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you guys let everyone down. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, the challenge, of course, is that a whole bunch of churches and church denominations came out and said, yep, we got it wrong. We absolutely own that, and here's the process that we're going through to rectify it, and here's the things we're doing to make sure it never happens again and all of that sort of stuff. I know that was how it worked for us. Um, the challenge is that when a lot of the claims are being made about one specific denomination uh, and that denomination has celibacy as one of its key traits for the people who are in charge of congregations and those sorts of things, which only opens the way for some false equivalency around, well, it's because they're not allowed to have sex with women, which is why they chase young boys. That's not true. No. What, what, is, what is true is that pedophiles were able to infiltrate their ranks and almost breed, which is just horrific. Mm. Uh, and were actively covered up. And protected. Yeah. Shunted around the country until they found themselves in a sympathetic archdiocese, which allowed them to, unfortunately, offend again. Mm. Nah, fuck them. A lot of them. Burn it all down. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> well, that's a good first counselling session, Dave. I think you're well on your way. <laughs> I had someone tell me the other day, that they thought I was very uh, that that they would they they would happily pay me two hundred bucks to uh, mm. to to bear their soul to me, great. And I was like, oh, well, you know, did you tell them that you do you, it for free on a podcast? If, now? if you want, <laughs> they just have to be a guest. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you, I don't know that our podcast is quite ready for the discussion that I was having the other day. I can imagine. <laughs> oh, you know what, Steve? Oh, oh mate, there's a whole bunch da, of conversations da, I cannot repeat to Don, I, I love you, but no, you can't. <laughs> you can't imagine this one. <laughs> Let me tell you, before it started, I certainly couldn't have imagined it. Ooh. I was just like, wow, yeah, didn't see that man. coming. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing too, right? Like, the, the nature of my role isn't at all to be con- a confessional. You know, I'm there to... To support people and do all those sorts of things, but people very generously or in their moments of, of sadness and weakness <laughs> open up to me and I've heard some things that are like, yeah, I need to, um, I can't tell anyone about that. <laughs> yeah. It's not that they've, they've you know, hurt anyone or hurt themselves no, or anything no, like that. No. It's just the stuff that they are working through themselves. Yeah. Uh, and people are complex, challenging beasts they, they are and then this get, this gets back to me to my you know my central point of going you know we just need to fix everything and then we can fix all these little problems but we just yep. we just got to fix everything first yeah yeah, yeah. that um, hard reset we talked about oh god the um the, the interesting thing was i have i mentioned to you the the savage lovecast podcast by dan savage Oh, look, I don't know. I, I'm aware of it, but I don't know that you've mentioned so, it So, look, I, I am a big fan of that podcast. I, sure. find, I find Dan's advice uh, fascinating. I find the callers really interesting, yep. um, especially uh, as a parent, sort of just going, okay, what the hell is going on out there? Because the world is not the same as when we, we were teens, sure. Steve. And I just like the idea that when my kids, you know, the, the, the kids are less likely to... Um, bounce something on me off me that I'm completely like of you going I don't even know that terminology let alone what to tell you about it 
Um, so Dan's yes. good. But he had a, a really interesting talk with a guy, uh, an author, who'd done a lot of research into depression. And when I say research, like he'd been sure. ta- talking to people who actually do do research. Um, and he's previously done... Um, uh, wrote a book about addiction as well. Uh, and the ten cent version of um, of of the conversation, uh, and the whole thing's worth listening to, is basically sort of saying that um, the majority of uh, people who are dealing with depression, it's mm. not actually like a biological medical issue, which is the yes. way that we've been treating it very much for the last, you know. Oh, at least the last 40 years, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in a lot of occasions, it's more to do with um, like feelings of helplessness and disconnection from community and like yes. there's a whole range of, you know, and, and just the fact of the, the very design of our lives and societies at the moment are like f- almost factories for depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and sort of this guy was looking at that that uh, that, that social uh, vector and, and the way that that actually affects things and how effective that can be at helping to treat people when um, the medication isn't enough because yes. the root of their problem isn't a medical one per se. It becomes a medical problem because of all the social constraints and stuff around them. So I just found that guy really, really good to listen to. And that was mm-hmm. sort of like, my, I was sitting there almost wanting to cheer, going, oh, well, you are articulating all of the things that sort of make sense to me about where we're going wrong. So all we need to do is get everyone to acknowledge everyone else's hurt and trauma and start work, working through it and be nice to each other. That's all we need to do, Steve. It's as simple as that. We just need everyone in the world to start doing that. Hard reset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it, it's it, like I, I really value all of those kinds of conversations, right? I, like I was, in part because of my day job, and also in part because of my full time hobby, um, I taped the special, um, a current affair episode from I think it was Monday night last week, um, where you know the, all the promos were Tracy Grimshaw, Grimshaw breathlessly telling us that you won't believe what your kids are getting up to, and the the people that are out there trying to hurt them, and all of those sorts of things. Now. Before I dive into smashing on ACA or doing anything like that... I'm so glad that I don't watch enough television to even know that that was a thing. Well, you can... <laughs> there you go. I know I have male privilege, and I know that I, I, mm. I have white privilege. I think I also have streaming privilege. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the catch, Dave. I have streaming privilege too, but I still have to park it sometimes. Um, oh, God. So here's, here's the thing. It, it was only for half of the episode, too. It wasn't the full ep. But the outcome was that Tracy Grimshaw interviewed, um, I cannot remember the gentleman's name, but the detective inspector that runs Task Force Argos, mm-hmm. which is a, the part, the division within Queensland Police that actively seek and hunt Bribes. down online horrific people. Oh, okay. Different division. Yes. Not the one that you were trying to infer. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that there are no corrupt cops left in Queensland at all anymore, Steve. They they all got rid of during the Fitzgerald mm-hmm. inquiry or became politicians. Well, yes. <laughs> um, actually, somebody cast out a pretty pretty full on comment the other day that I saw fly past me on Twitter, um, just sort of loudly wondering, wondering out loud um, how uh, you know Minister Dutton, uh, a former Queensland cop, 
is so well off. <laughs> really, really well thought out investments. Really, really well thought out investments. Um, anyway, so the first bit of the thing was an interview with him talking about what Task Force Argos do. Mm-hmm. And I, I've spoken to some of the, the, the men and women that work in Task Force Argos, and it is hard. That would be horrible work. They, they, they Not only are they out there... Um, trying to break into the rings where particular, and it is mainly men. Mm. Um, these men are, are, you know, trying to groom and co-opt and coerce our young people, or are actively sharing images of particularly very young children um, in both suggestive and non-suggestive, but they use in in sexual situations and. Um, stuff that they create, and then when they get their hands on them, actively share children. It's it's horrible. Um, but they're also then pretending to be the kids. Um, oh fuck that. that! Fuck that would be that that would be a worse job than being a Facebook moderator. Even oh, yeah. did, did you did you read that article um, this week about like the again talk, speaking of trauma and depression? Did you read a, yes. a, a, that article? Uh, about the place in Arizona that's like a, a contractor to Facebook for doing its moderation? No, I didn't. Oh, I will have to find you the link. It is it is basically a trauma factory. Oh, God. Like, like <sighs> oh, it, it, it's it's horrific. So, look, I'm yeah. so, sorry to sidetrack you, but... You, no, 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 oh, I can only imagine how it, bad it is. Oh, yeah. It is just shocking. Like, the, bur- yeah. the burnout rate of the people there is intense... And because um, it's American, they won't care. You know, it'll just be, it's a job. Do it, do it or don't. See you later. Yep. Um, you got it. So I, I heard one of the detectives talk about a case that he was working on in, in one case, one situation where um, uh, a young girl, a, a girl in the year older than her, approached her online via which, whichever social media platform and just sort of, oh, you know, how's, how's school going? You know, I don't have many friends and just trying to make some friends. And she was... Apparently very nice, very generous, all of those sorts of things. And then just for the, the real-life girl that was receiving these messages over time, just sort of some stuff started to be said or she felt that you know the things were being said were out of character for her friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she very intelligently went to her mum. Her mum saw it and went, yeah, we need to go to the police with this, uh, which they did. And uh, they were put through to the task force Argos team. And... Uh, they heard the stories and they went, yep, it definitely sounds like this. Thank you so much for coming forward. We're sorry that, you know, this is a... It clearly sounds like it's this situation. Do, um, do they then take over that kid's, like, online presence to try to catch the person? You need to bring in every device oh, that you have contacted them wow. on so that we can assume your identity. Oh, man. Um, and so that's this, they do that. Yeah. They assume identities as much as create unique new ones mm-hmm. and pretend to be people so that they are... Um, effectively becoming bait. Oh, um, and in this situation, uh, it did progress, blah, 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 that the the person revealed themselves to not be a girl in the year older than them, but to be a man who had fallen very much in love with her and wanted to meet her, and he was flying up from Sydney, uh, and she agreed, uh, not just straight out, like it was playing the game properly, you know, a bit reluctant, needing yeah, to be, yeah. all yep. that sort of stuff. It wasn't in, you know, next week they caught him. Uh, but when he did fly up, um, they arrested him at the appro- at the meeting place they agreed to meet behind a service station, you know, 500 metres up the road from her house. Uh, and it was a dude, and when he saw that there were all the cops there, he, he didn't resist or flee. He gave himself straight up uh, and admitted to the situation, knew that he'd been caught. Now, part of that, of course, is they go to collect evidence at his house, and they went and got all of his, um, all of his devices. 
And uh, the, the detective said that when they interrogated his devices, they found that this one girl that he was pretending to be had another six other girls on the hook um, at the same school and had 70 other aliases. Holy shit. And I'm going to guess guess he was, um, you know, leaving comments on otherwise innocuous YouTube videos this week as well. Speaking of of horrors. Very probably. Did you see that one? Did you see the way that... No. Oh, God. I must... Well, I must be going in the worst parts what are you of the doing internet. I'm like, oh, listen, I'm not even going on Twitter much. I'm just reading stuff that's like linked linked to in Twitter. No, how, Dave, how are you finding this stuff when you don't even know that your neighbour is dead? <laughs> I don't, because they're not on Twitter! <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, um, there was a, a big thing recently with YouTube where someone, yes. someone posted a video showing how um, it, you could really easily... like it, slip into videos of like underage children not in particularly suggestive sexually suggestive positions so like the, the videos look innocent enough yes yeah, so like peppa pig episodes N- no 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 they're actually videos of like little kids like okay you know, sure yeah, you know, like yeah. dancing around at home or just doing yep. whatever but uh in the comments there would be like all these timestamps, which were basically signals for, for, oh, people for, yep, for sure. if you if you pause the video at this point it looks a bit suggestive and, and, and right. they, were, they were making the point that once you sort of got onto one of these videos the recommendation engine goes into overdrive and just shows you more and more and oh, more of these videos yeah, of course it does and then you quickly see people are like offering to swap child porn in the comments so oh. the vi- so the videos themselves aren't are innocent yeah but the, yeah they they're, they're not pornographic so the, they slip straight through the youtube content filters but all the comments are either these timestamps, which are basically yes. pointing out, this is how you make If you it look, pause it at this frame, it looks look, like the kid's masturbating. It looks suggestive. Yeah. yeah. And other offers for... Um, Would you actually like a picture of a kid masturbating? Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, and of course, you know, the, the, the YouTube algorithm, like once you get anywhere close to this, it just gives you almost nothing yeah. but these yeah, types yeah, yeah. of videos. Uh, and so there was a big advertiser boycott uh, again of YouTube recently, and them of course saying, "Oh, we'll do better." And, uh, we'll do better. We'll fix oh, it. Oh, fucking! Let, well, you, just to- let's just let's just shut down st- social media, Stephen. I, th- oh. I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's for the best. I think we've made it pr- pretty obvious that, that we can't be trusted with it. Um, yep. it. It's really not creating that much value. It's time to shut it down. Maybe 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 we can just leave LinkedIn because no one wants to use that anyway. <laughs> Actually, it's taking off, did you know? Oh, don't. Did you know that they've lowered the age for LinkedIn to, to be a member of LinkedIn to 13? Fuck off. Yeah, no, they legit have. It's I'm, ludicrous. I'm so glad I don't have a LinkedIn profile. Anyway, so the Task Force Argos guy talked, and he didn't go into detail, and he showed Tracy, like, 10 seconds of a clip that nothing happened in, however, was very ominous in that he said, and it goes on to be very horrific, mm. but he showed her, like, the G-rated stuff, and she felt... Sick, Ugh. Uh, yeah, oh, horrible, horrible stuff. Um, he, he even said, you know, one example or his response was, you know, because she's like, how can we? See, his message to parents was, talk to your kids about tech, know what they're doing, mm-hmm. ask them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said we had one girl um, that in in an, in the example that he wanted to talk about that was pretty horrible. Said she, she was on Snapchat and she had twenty seven thousand friends. What? 27,000 followers on Snapchat. 
Steve, I haven't even got 100 followers on Instagram. I know. That's exactly right. He said, how does a 14-year-old have 27,000 people following them on Snapchat? How does that happen? It's not a thing. Why don't I have 14,000 people following me on Snapchat? Because you're not interesting and you don't take your gear off. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) the problem for you is it's consensual and you're a bloke. Um, (laughs) You're a consenting adult. (laughs) Maybe if I had 14,000 followers on snapchat one of them could have told me that my neighbor was dead look it's maybe if you're lucky only if your other neighbor's on snapchat and they follow you as well um the 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 other part of it was an in an in studio interview with the e-safety commissioner now i have to say the e-safety commissioner and her office are killing it at the moment as far as the content they are creating the stuff that they are getting out there to educate parents and educate young people about you know not being about being wary on the internet and who to trust and all of those sorts of things. It's really, no really great. Don't trust anyone. Everyone- That's the short answer is yes, don't trust anyone unless e- you know them in real life. E- and Everyone on the internet is actually just a dog. And even then, if they do reach out, check with them in real life. So if, for example, I know Dave and Dave tries to add me on Snapchat. Hey, Dave, did you actually add me on Snapchat? Yes, I did, Mog. Great. Let's have a good time on Snapchat as, as an example. Yes, Stephen, um, I'm trying to get to 14,000 followers. 27,000 followers, Dave. Um, but yeah, the, the, this girl in, and the, the video he was showing, Trace, was that she was there. Oh, it might have been 16, I take it back. And uh, at the, 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 the start of the video, she was just from the waist up, but only wearing a bra at that point, and already crying, like tearing up. And you can hear a voice. It's from a Skype conversation she was having with this guy, and he's starting to direct her to do stuff. And she did some stuff because whatever he coerced her threatened her whatever but she did this stuff and he of course was able to see it which he then shared around the internet dave that video went for an hour and a half jesus christ yeah horrific right horrible um not 10 minutes not what it just it went on and on and on and on and, and as the guy said you know we've got young people doing things that young people shouldn't know what to do let alone how to do um it's 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 brutal. There are people out there that want to hurt our kids. This is a on, cheery place to take our conversation. <laughs> on the plus side, yeah, there are these people that are out there trying to find them and catch them. There Don't are these speak. people that are out there trying to educate parents who just think it's okay to land their kids in front of you know seven hours of ABC Kids on their on their iPad because uh, oh, they, they just want a day off. Think of the trauma of those people having to work through that as well. God. Yeah. Oh, and don't even start me. Don't even start me on the stuff this week that's come out about. Um, you know, Peppa Pig videos on YouTube oh, that parents with, are complaining about with, with, the, with the suicide messages in them. Yeah, and the weird face popping up in the middle of it. And guess what? No one can find any evidence of it. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, a, a, like an actual real thing we should be concerned about now looks like someone has just created a falsehood and created a story that has gone around the world, gained international attention, both of the media and of governments. And it, and it, it never existed. No, no one can seem to find the videos where it's happening. Oh God! <laughs> Hard reset. <laughs> you know what? You might be right. <laughs> I've got to go. I've got to go and get ready for okay. for this event that I was invited to on Facebook. No one, see, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe there was a Facebook invite to the funeral, and that's why I didn't get it because I. <laughs> Check how great! Facebook how button. great would it be if you found that that was the case? Oh, let's let let let's not. When you pop around to see your neighbour's wife and you ask, "Oh, we did send a Facebook message to everyone." <laughs> My daughter showed me how to do that. 
god. That that would only make it worse. Sucks to be you. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I love you, Dave. I love you too, Stephen Mo. <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> you take care. I absolutely will. Let's do this sooner than never. Yeah, let's. Well, well, I didn't even get to tell you about my new setup. I've changed my setup, Stephen. Oh wow! It's going to take less than three weeks for this podcast to actually get up online. No, it, I it know will. It, won't. it will. I promise you, because I, I, I've made a change, and I'll discuss it with you next time. Someone will die. Or no, something will happen. <laughs> if someone dies, I won't even know. Unless they're in your house, and even then, you won't get the message. <laughs> I'm not. Someone in my house would tell me. Mate, I have to tell you at this point, mid-hockey season, Rupert could die in his room and the smell of his hockey kit would be worse than his body rotting on a bed. You would not know the difference. Yeah. All right, I've got to go. See ya. I love you, Steve Mob. Love you too, mate.